Welcome to the Gone Trippin' Podcast. I'm Ren. And I'm Ashley. And we're your hosts for today's podcast. Expect some tangents. You're along for the ride as we interview valued people in the travel industry. From photographers to vagabonds and everything in between. Let us help you make every trip an adventure. Reading the road signs, gone trippin'. One playlist at a time. Gone trippin', odometer's tickin'. My Mountain Dew and Rebel sippin'. I'm a road warrior on a mission You won't find me just sitting home wishing Cause I am gone tripping This episode is brought to you by Airport Parking Reservations. Save up to 70% on the cost of on-airport parking by using reservations. Save time by not having to arrive early at the airport to scout out a spot in a busy airport or your favorite close lot. Cancellations are free and booking is simple and quick. Easily compare rates from a variety of lots, including covered and valet. See pictures of the lots, how often shuttles arrive, and any extra details of your choice. Use airport parking reservations for airports like Los Angeles, Denver, Baltimore, Atlanta, and 65 other major airports. Check them out on our website at gontrippinpodcast.com and clicking on airport parking reservations. It's that time. Drink of the day. Because every road trip starts with a drink. Today, we have Death Valley. Sour green apple soda. I'm a really big fan of apple flavors. Green apple, sour apple. I'm excited to try this. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine it's got to taste like a Jolly Rancher. Green apple Jolly Rancher. Yeah, it should be tasty. You can't go wrong with green apple. Oh, it's got it some smells, nice bubbles to it. It smells like green apple. Oh, yeah, that's got a very pungent smell. Mm, I don't know. It's okay. I don't like it at all. It's like <laughs> drinking like a sour apple juice. Yeah. But I was expecting more of a like a... More of a... a a sweeter flavor a little bit. Yeah. Like this isn't this isn't my favorite. It's um it's like a watered down Jolly Rancher. I was looking for a little bit more full on Jolly Rancher. I'm it is really a, it does say a taste of the old west and so, you know, maybe they didn't have access to as much sugar back then. I don't care what that says. That doesn't <laughs> taste near as good as what I was hoping for. <laughs> it's not what I imagined, but um they could do a little better. Uh, you can see a picture of it on the website. Go check it out. And now we are ready for our guest. So it's kind of rare that we get to have a guest on that's another podcaster, but even rarer that we've been on their podcast and now they get to come on to ours. I'm really excited about it. We have Rohith from The Lost Geographer with us today. Welcome, Rohith. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's interesting. Now the the script is flipped now. Yeah, yes. you're no longer the host. You're the guest. We do all the talking. How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Well, we're going to hit you with the hard questions here. Yeah. Well, first off, you're in the big city of Chicago, known for its deep dish pizza and its hot dogs. What? You're jumping right in with the food, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm going straight at it. Uh, when we're talking about Chicago. Go ahead and, if you don't mind, tell us what uh, one, I guess two two questions here. One. What would you like better, the Chicago dog or deep dish pizza? And if it's deep dish pizza, what do you get on it? And then two, um, what is your favorite? What is your favorite food that you've had in Chicago since you've been there? So, guys, I'm gonna really disappoint you here. Uh, I actually don't eat either. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't eat red meat, so okay. I can't eat the dogs. And 
I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't eat deep dish pizza. Well, there you, well, there you go. There you go. Well, then back uh, to the real interview. I was going to say, I, start now. I think sometimes I, I, I think I might be lactose intolerant, and my wife always gets upset because I still eat ice cream, but I just can't tell if it's I'm lactose intolerant or I just you shouldn't eat a whole half gallon of ice cream. Well, but he uh, won't not eat the ice cream to find out. I know. No, well, it's <laughs> That's ice the cream. Question. Come on. <laughs> but anyhow, let's get into the real nitty gritty of this. You do a podcast called The Lost Geographer. Why geography? Why is that something that interests you and how did you get into it? Sure. So I have been a geography nerd my whole life. Um, I mean, I grew up with an atlas more or less. I was, while the kids were playing sports outside, all the other boys were playing sports. I was the weird one sitting at home looking at maps. Uh, I don't know. I was just some, I was just so drawn to it. Uh, my dad traveled a lot when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure that it has something to do with it. I would always wonder where he was going. And when I started looking at these maps, I always wondered what life was like there. And I got really curious. So I started researching these kinds of things. And I started to see as I grew up, how my knowledge of geography through my inherent interest in it was really good, whereas that of my peers was not so good. Uh, and I don't blame them. I don't want to call them ignorant or stupid because that's not nice. <laughs> and also, it's um, it's not true. It's not their fault. I truly believe that our education system has failed in teaching geography and teaching the importance of it. Uh, most people don't even know what geography is. They think it's just memorizing what's the capital of this place, what's the capital of that place. But it's actually a science, and it's a science that helps explain a lot of human phenomena, why people are where they are, why people act in a certain way when they're from this part of the world. It's a science in studying people, so it's, you know, it, I don't see why it should take a backseat. And that's kind of what I try to do through my podcast is, and through the entire platform, is to promote geographic and cultural literacy. That's one of the things I think is really interesting, you know, and when it comes to that, I, I was the same type. I, I had the atlas right by my bed, I had a giant uh, map of the world, above my head uh geography i took a like an eighth grade it's one of my favorite classes um, i did love coloring the maps and that kind of stuff but i also liked learning about the cultures and different things of one of the things that fascinates me about the united states is how much of a melting pot it really is um and and it's fun to see those things but it's always interesting to me and even um when you talk about the united states and you've done some traveling around the u.s uh, it's funny how the cultures change just by region. I think a lot of people outside of the United States is like, oh, U.S. is the U.S. But East Coast, Midwest, Northwest, Southwest, they all... West Coast, all the, very The different. South, they, they all have so many different mm -hmm. things in their culture. I mean, we moved across the country, and it's totally different culture out here than what we had in Idaho. There's some similarities. There's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of deep culture... Um, and things that when it comes to foods, rituals, for lack of a better term, um, and things that they do. That's really fascinating to me. I think it's fascinating to when you talk to people and they're like, oh, yeah, well, we went to this place. And then you ask them, oh, what kind of foods do they eat? And they, I don't know, what, what kind of, uh, you know, you ask cultural questions about the place that they went and they don't even know the answer to that. I don't know. I, I always, those things are the things that interest me as well. So I think that's really cool that you're getting that out there and sharing those aspects and focusing on, you know, when you go somewhere, find the things that are different, find out the whys of, 
you know, why did people decide to build a city in the middle of Arizona that's freaking hot? Because it's the best place <laughs> on earth. You were waiting for me to like. I know. Like, I don't know. You know that was my <laughs> answer. That is paradise. I'm just saying, if, you, if you're living somewhere where you can literally fry an egg in the middle of summer on the pavement, that's just crazy. Well, isn't paradise about five hours from you? That's in Nevada, right? <laughs> well, I think there's a paradise. Yeah, paradise in Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> or are you talking about Las Vegas? <laughs> oh no no there's a town called paradise yeah. nevada which is like yeah i think a suburb of las vegas <laughs> yeah you're right and it's also like a super teeny town so i think nobody else <laughs> thinks it's like paradise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where have you traveled to where are some places that you've been and what have you seen as you've traveled do you feel like it has and when you do travel do you feel like it has reinforced the fact that like I want to spread this message of getting people to know and understand more about geography or do you feel like sometimes it's like man like I'm just gonna go back to Chicago and hang out there so I you know a lot of people on Instagram, social media, tout this, they flaunt this digital nomad lifestyle where they're just always on the road, traveling, traveling, traveling. And I'm just like, that sounds exhausting. Um, I, I like having a home base, Chicago. So yes, there's a point where I'm like, all right, I've been away from home long enough and I kind of want to come back. But when I, when I travel, I really like to get a feel for the energy and the vibration of the place. I really like to just let the city take me over or the region take me over and when I say that I do things just like I walk around see what people are doing how their daily routines are I usually wait to do the touristy things later I just want to get a feel for what it's like and I notice that's really helped me because that's inspired by my curiosity but it also just makes me more curious and it I pick up on certain things and then when I meet locals and I can talk about these things it's more of a talking point and you really get to meet some people I've met so many close friends while traveling and it's crazy because we've only known each other for 24 hours 48 hours or a couple days and we still keep in touch over skype or or whatsapp or something um and i think that's what thing that's really important is you really will meet some amazing people and if you already know something about their place where they're from whether you know it's another place in the u.s or uh, internationally it, it speaks you know they really enjoy that they really appreciate that you took You've taken the time to learn, get educated, and be curious about their way of life. It's interesting, like you're talking about that. Um, just last week, uh, it was with a group of people, and there's a guy from Nairobi, Kenya, and he told us all, you know, hey, I'm from Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, one of the guys said, Jumbo, which is Swahili for hello. And the, the way he lit up was like, whoa, you speak Swahili? And he's like, oh, I, I know I say hello and goodbye. It's about it. But just the fact that like he knew that much meant so much to that guy who was, you know, out of his element. But it's really interesting too, that when you, when you travel, you, you find different things about people, but also you find out how much you actually have in common, even though you live completely different areas of the world. Yeah. And I'm sure if that person went to Kenya and just said that, at a restaurant and then that person followed up by saying that's all I know. I'm sure they'd still get an exceptional service at this restaurant or, oh, yeah. or whatever. That's one thing when I learned when I was traveling in the Czech Republic. I, I mean, I don't speak Czech. I don't look Czech. But even when I'd show up to a store and say Dobry den, which is hello, 
and they would light up and then they'd speak back to me in Czech and I'm like, yeah, sorry, I don't actually speak Czech. But they're like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, you know, and they spoke to me in English and they were very nice. Um, they even taught me a few words in Czech. Even to get like exceptional service at a restaurant or at a store or something, it really helps to just know a couple things. You don't need to know the entire culture. Well, and just make sure you get it right. Like you don't don't go to Australia and yell out, throw the shrimp on the bobby. Like that's that's you know, everybody saw. Dumb <laughs> don't put the commercial yeah, version and, of it. <laughs> everybody's seen Dumb and Dumber, and so they they do that. And yeah, that's not that's not their culture. <laughs> on your podcast, what have been some of your favorite episodes that you have done? On my podcast, I would say some of the favorite episodes that I've done. I just I feel like people that are very proud of their country people who are really who really want to spread the word about their country that they're not this stereotype that you see on youtube or tv or whatever and people who really talk through it and i feel like everyone i've had so far has been you know does like their country which is why they come on to talk about it but there are certain episodes that people just keep talking forever and ever and i and they're like oh, i'm so sorry i spoke so much i'm like no i love it you shared so much passion you shared so much information and I really felt it, and I really felt a desire to go visit your country. I mean, sure, the editing process is going to suck now, <laughs> but... <laughs> I feel you there. I mean, exactly. Uh, but those have been my favorite ones. And I also, I've also gotten some YouTubers, some uh, influencers in the geography, culture, travel space uh, who've talked about the topic, and it's great to have them on to support my mission and to hear it from another voice so that my listeners can hear it, you know, not just for me, that I'm not the only one who thinks this is important. Right. And I think that's so true too. And we were definitely one of the people on your podcast who probably talked too much. Definitely. I always get in trouble for that. So, <laughs> well, there's Sorry. two of you. So that, I mean, <laughs> I know. it's fair. Well, hopefully like we were passionate and I was thinking about that because Ren interviewed a few people before I came on and like the national park patch lady came on and she was all about the national parks in the U S and I think that she did exactly what you're talking about. Like really made me want to go explore and go do those things. And I, I love that that's what your platform is. And, and it's not just on one specific area. It's on the entire, entire world yeah well and, and I think passion really is kind of the root of of everything for people and you know you talked about wanting to find somebody who has been on every roller like a roller coaster in every state there's people who are passionate about roller coasters and actually do that that's really interesting stuff and it's if you get beyond the oh cool you've been to every why why did you go and spend all that time spend that money and go and find these roller coasters. What is it about roller coasters that mean so much in your life? Like, I think that's one of the cool things about travel in general, but also culture, because it's it's very rare. You know, you make a joke about Paradise, Nevada. I bet you that 85% of the people who live in Paradise, Nevada think Paradise, Nevada is paradise. If it's warm all year round, I agree <laughs> with them. Well, there's there's warm and then there's like hundred degrees year round warm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's called paradise, people. No, <laughs> I am the true definition of a desert rat. Oh. But you're actually you're in Chicago now, but you're not actually from Chicago. You also grew up in the D.C. area, and as you have kind of moved around in things, what have you found from like places that you've lived? Do you feel like it's different living and trying to experience that culture as well? Like, do you feel like you do it better? when you're on vacation because you have that specific goal to go out and, you know, kind of feel the vibration of the city. I mean, do you think that's easy to do as you move around or 
um, there, I mean, there's one thing that I will, I will not compromise on. And I understand this is a kind of a controversial topic is what you call a sugary drink. Uh, it's soda, not pop. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> which is that's one thing I will never compromise on. It, it, people get really upset about it. That's why I always just say soda pop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, but everybody I, hates um, you. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's really interesting to observe. Like, so even up the street, basically from where I grew up in Philadelphia, they say things that are just like, why would you say that? So I don't know. I mean, you guys are like an hour from Philadelphia, right? Three hours. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have heard of Rita's Italian ice. Oh yeah. Rita's Italian ice. They're everywhere. Yes. Yeah. But, but in Philly, that's where it's from. They call it water ice. And with that Philly accent saying water. Um, (laughs) And, and to me, I'm just like, especially like, Water and ice are the same thing. Why would you, you know, but, you know, I try to be respectful, right? I mean, yeah. these things, they, um, they're interesting to observe. And it's really, I think that's what's really cool. I think some of my favorite things to look at are those maps across the United States of like regional dialects. What are people likely to call a water fountain, for example? Like some people in the Midwest call it a bubbler. Uh, other people, Water fountain. I don't know what other words there. Are. I just I just remember those two. But it's interesting. Like I wouldn't never think twice about calling a water fountain something else. Yeah. Well, I I remember. So, I think I call uh, it a drinking fountain. Yeah, drinking fountain. <laughs> I I was in Iowa and I was talking to a guy. Iowa, not Idaho, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa, not Idaho, and they are not even close to each other. They're, they're a thousand miles away from each other. But uh, and I I I was talking to him and uh, they invited me over for uh dinner. Like, hey, you should come over for dinner tomorrow. We're having, we're making some, I'm making homemade chili. And it was during the winter time. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. Where, what time do you want me to be there? Thinking, you know, five or six o'clock at night, right? He says noon. And uh, I said, oh, you dinner. Mean, and I said, oh, okay, lunchtime. He's like, no, dinner. And apparently, like, we messed everything up, but it used to be dinner was lunch, supper was, was dinner, supper, supper. And uh, so he was very, I mean, it was out in the country and, he was very like, no, it's it's dinner, and he would correct us very, very harshly when we called it lunch. Um, but uh, you know, there's things like that, and then you like you talked about the different dialects and stuff. But uh, you know, you just said Paradise, Nevada. Going back to Nevada, <laughs> there's actually a a Nevada, Iowa. It's spelled just like Nevada, the state, but they pronounce it Nevada. Well, that's a lot because there's an Oregon, Ohio, but yeah. it's Oregon. It's not Oregon. Yeah, exactly. The state. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's really interesting because I've moved around a lot, and and it's funny when I go, and it's the things that I pick up on that are different. Like in out west in Arizona, Utah, and Idaho, the butter sticks are big and chunky. And then I moved out to Ohio in the Midwest, and it, they were long and skinny. And for <laughs> some reason, that always threw me off every time I opened up the butter box, and I had long, skinny ones rather than like big, fat ones, which was just something ridiculous. And then the number one thing that made me the most upset about living in Ohio is you cannot find cinnamon bears. I don't know what that is. Oh my! You don't know what cinnamon <laughs> bears are? See, this is the problem. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some cinnamon bears. You just wait. <laughs> that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'm a huge. I, I'm a candy connoisseur myself. So. Oh, yeah, and you never like had cinnamon bears. And sometimes they come out at Christmas in the Midwest, but they're covered in chocolate, and I don't like them covered in chocolate. I well, just want a good cinnamon yeah, bear. There's cinnamon bears that are chocolate free those are the original and then 
somebody got smart and said, hey, let's dip oh, them in they're chocolate. Not, they're not good in chocolate. And they're, they're acquired taste in chocolate. I can handle it, but I can't do too many. But I can eat cinnamon berries like no other. I'm going to be sending you a package of cinnamon berries. That is funny. And we want you to come back on while you eat them and be like, this is disgusting, <laughs> well, which is, you're not going to say because they're amazing. And like, this is your jam. So you, I want you to do a study and find out like. Because <laughs> Where we, you can find cinnamon berries. Or like, is, is it because we grew up in the West? Is cinnamon berries a Western thing? Because I hadn't even thought about looking for cinnamon no, berries. No, I do. Here. I actually look for them because now that any? I've been around yes they they are here okay cool I, that, think, I think now, think now I feel like I gotta go recheck like, oh, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure because now when I see cinnamon berries I kind of like take a mental note yeah because there was that candy company that we went to in Indiana the, uh, Albanese Albanese yeah and um, they had cinnamon berries in there I believe oh do they because they have Albanese I've seen Albanese around here yeah Albanese is actually the factory uh, an outlet place is literally like an hour hour and a half from you in northern Indiana yeah and it's a fun little place to go to. And they've got their reject um, pieces of candy that are really delicious. Yeah, like a five-pound bag of, like, reject gummy bears and octopuses and different... The good stuff. Yeah. Big bag for cheap. Yeah. I feel like we've derailed oh, from... that sounds dangerous. Right? It's super <laughs> de- dangerous. As we've derailed from geography straight yeah. into candy. That's candy is part of the geography <laughs> yes. of where you You know what? It. I love candy, so I'm all for this Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. Well, it's crazy. Like, the candies around the world is part of geography. Like... It, candies around the world are so different and you're and saying in the United States don't they change them too because like I know like McDonald's isn't McDonald's in other states like they have like different food or for like countries yes thank you no problem. <laughs> in different countries this is why <laughs> I am not the lost geographer <laughs> well like in 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 um so Burger King is uh in in Australia is called Hungry Jacks everything's the same I mean the the hamburger looks like the same wa- no, no. Uh, but like McDonald's actually changes their menu yeah, like in China and stuff because of like the cultural yeah. ways that people eat. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is maybe they do the same thing with candy of like what is the cultural candy for it? That right. Uh, so my consensus that I've noticed is most non-Americans hate American candy and chocolate. I feel really bad for them. The chocolate I understand because theirs is probably richer. But like cinnamon bears and chewy candy, <laughs> I'm all for. Well, do you guys know that Haribo is German? No. Haribo is German. So the name, I thought it was Japanese, but then the name apparently, uh, there are two guys who founded it, Hans, and I forget the other guy's name, but Hans H-A, the other guy's name started with R-I, and it was from a city called Bonn, so B-O, so Haribo. Really? That's crazy. And, and that's why you probably noticed that Haribo is not as sugary as your normal American candy. Well, aren't they the ones that make the gummy bears? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're the, the gold... Isn't gummy bears package. like straight cat, straight straight sugar? It's gelatin, but oh. but it's not as sugar sugar yeah. as like if you ate trolleys gummy worms or something. Well, like so, like when you have a be the connoisseur of gummy bears, I guess. But uh, Haribo, the gummy bears are a little bit more chewy. Like uh, oh, that's true. They are right, and so the but like Albanese, mm-hmm. they're delicious. So I'm not knocking them, but most likely that's probably what it is because they have more sugar in them, but they're more uh, gummy. Than uh, mm-hmm. like softer gummy than hard gummy. <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, that all goes back historically, because during World War II, when everyone in Europe was rationing, they were using less of different things. And I remember this from my history textbook that that's a big reason why their uh, candies are, have less sugars because they were rationing sugar. I just read a children's book on Milton Hershey. <laughs> 
and it was fabulous. And he started his candy company. He started several candy companies, actually. And some went bankrupt and some did okay. And um, he started in World War II. No, man, way before that. Apparently, I didn't read the children's book close enough. But he read. But his chocolate is definitely very, very sugary. Even though he would have started in that rationing time as well. Well, one of the things that he did, um, because he went around the world to see like the best chocolate makers. So he went to Switzerland. He he went over to Europe and saw like the best chocolate tiers in the world to really kind of get that, and then. Um, used the Lancaster County milk. I mean, originally he started out with caramels. That's that's one thing I learned from that children's book because I read it too. Because <laughs> we like our, our candy here. Yeah, so originally he started out with his caramels um, and uh, he kind of just tripped into chocolate. And, and caramels, caramel has a lot of sugar in it. That's why it's so good. All about the sugar. <laughs> For us Americans, it's all about the sugar. All right, well, we're going to take a way big U-turn and come back here and talk about the three gone tripping questions and ask you, what is the favorite place that you have traveled to so far? I'd say the, my favorite place that I've traveled to is Warsaw, Poland. Really? really? That's not somewhere Warsaw, I picked. Poland. I kind of was thinking you were going to say Czech Republic. I was not expecting Poland. I did. I did enjoy the Czech Republic. Don't get me wrong. But Warsaw is... So I'm a huge, I mean, I live in Chicago. I'm, I'm all about cities. I think cities are awesome. And Warsaw, it's it's like you wouldn't expect it being in Central Europe, especially Poland, which is, it, now it's a developed country, but 10 years ago it was still developing. Uh, and I think the radical change that Poland has gone through, and Warsaw was a city that and was bombed to smithereens during the, yeah. And to see what it has come up as, it's like, it, you almost feel like you're in like a Western European metropolis. Oh, that's cool. Uh, there's skyscrapers and it's so full of culture, history. The people are so friendly. Like Polish people I know are just so friendly. I just, I had a blast there. And it's, I mean, for me, it's great. It was also like one of the, probably the best nightlife I've ever experienced. Oh, really? Really? Never yeah. would have guessed that. The other question we have for our guests is, um, what is a place that you haven't been to yet that's on your bucket list of this is where I want to go uh, sometime soon. And it's, you know. there. I want to go to Namibia. Where? Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that in Africa? Yeah. So it's on the west. It's it's borders south. Sorry. It's bordered to the south by South Africa. Okay. And it's bordered to the east by, I believe, Zimbabwe. So it's on the but western. On the, is it on the western? Yeah. It's on the western coast. Southwestern okay. coast. Yeah. And the reason why I want to go is... It's so, um, so it's a German colony actually. And as such, they actually, the capital of Namibia, Windhoek, actually has their own Oktoberfest, which oh, is kind of really? crazy. And it's That's like really authentic. That's crazy. Um, and it's full of like, it's a huge desert country. There's like a, this place called Kolmanskop, which is a, uh, it's like a deserted ghost town in the middle of the desert. And it's like an I think it was an old mining town or something that just got deserted. And it's just like if you look at photos of it, it's so eerie and creepy uh, and <laughs> l- lovely. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this like part of the coast called the Skull Coast. I think it's called Coast of Skulls or something. And it's called that because it's just like it's so there's nothing. It's just all desert. It's like deadly almost. Oh, wow. Um, 
It's it's really it sounds really intense, and, and I that's check part it of out. the country. Uh, you're gonna have to repeat the name for me. N- N- Namibia. Namibia. N- Namibia. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yep. So that's I still don't think you got it. That Skulls Coast is there. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's called the Skulls Coast. It's either like Skull Coast or something similar. See, I've always there's a country there in Africa that I've always wanted to go to called Djibouti, <laughs> and the capital of Djibouti <laughs> is Djibouti. So I just think the uh, name sounds so cool. I used to be in Model UN as a, in high school, <laughs> and um, man, I felt bad for like every girl that represented Djibouti because <laughs> what you could do, what you would do in Model UN is you would like write, you could like pass notes to other countries uh, to like try and collaborate with them. Yeah, but like twenty percent of those notes were like dude sending horrible country related pickup lines about Djibouti <laughs> <laughs> you would have been one of those people is that what you're saying Ren? Djibouti is crazy <laughs> no, awesome. yeah like we'd say like we'd really love to collaborate with Djibouti <laughs> <laughs> so, like some stupid things like that <laughs> that's hilarious it's a great country I'm sure um, <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing about <laughs> it's, all I need to know is that the capital of Djibouti it's is Djibouti, Djibouti. So, <laughs> um, so the other question would be is, uh, you've traveled quite a bit. Um, you've had a lot of experiences. Um, what is your biggest travel fail that you've experienced in your travels that, you know, things just didn't go the way that you planned? Yeah. So I, I got this like amazing fare from New York to New Delhi for a 397 round trip. Awesome. Uh, it was, it was wild. <laughs> it was on China Eastern airlines. So my layover was in Shanghai. And it was a 10-hour layover. So I'm thinking, oh, that's plenty of time for me to go out into the city. Uh, so what I normally do is I never carry any U.S. dollars to exchange at, like, an exchange booth because I'm like, they're going to rip me off. <laughs> what I usually do is I'm just like, all right, I'll find an ATM at the airport and withdraw cash. I'll get the exact exchange rate with my bank. So I go, I land. It's like 4 a.m. And I am... Getting leaving the airport, I get through immigration, and I'm going to an ATM, and I tried like two or three times the ATM. It just it wouldn't read my card, even though it was a Mastercard, and it said it accepted Mastercards. And some guy comes over in like really broken English, tells me, "Oh, this doesn't accept foreign banks." So I'm like, "I guess I have a uh, credit card I could use, but I don't know if these taxi cabs. Well, also the train into the city wasn't running at 4 a.m. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna have to cab it, and I there's like a bunch of people like heckling you for a cab. Do you want a cab? Do you want a cab? <laughs> and I some of them had like a badge that said we accept Visa, Mastercard, whatever. At first, I I didn't. That was before I went to the ATM. And when I leave the ATM, all those guys were gone, and it was just a bunch of people like saying, "Okay, it's like fine. I guess these guys must accept credit card as well." So I get in this cab and like, look, just can you drop me off somewhere down, uh, in the city center? And he's like, okay. And I just I see the meter just go up and up oh, and gosh. up and up and up. At one point, I asked him, I was like, "Hey, do you accept credit card?" He's like, "No." So I said, "Well, this sucks." Uh, I'm like, "Okay, just drop me off at like I I was like asking him, do you know if there's like an international bank?" He's like, "Yeah, People's Bank of China. It's a pretty big bank. Luckily, there was one right in the city center." But man, I was like, I just couldn't. I just didn't know how he did it. He was like conning me clearly and i could see that he was conning me but he was so calm about it like he tried to have a conversation <laughs> with me uh, that's where that uh, term lied right to your face <laughs> exactly yeah. like, like, no shame he's like he's like where are you from i was like america he's like oh uh, do you like michael jackson 
<laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> he starts to play Michael Jackson. Um, and As he drives around the block three more yeah. times. <laughs> right, right. Well, he, I mean, he's taken me on the highway and everything. And by the way, it was like a gorgeous highway. Uh, the roads are amazing. But I get to the city center, and this thing racks up a cost of 700 Chinese yuan, which converted to U.S. dollars is 110 U.S. dollars. Holy cow. <laughs> or if I had taken the train, it would have been like 60 yuan. So like five or six dollars. <laughs> and by the way, that's, that would also have been a maglev train going at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, at least so, you saved on your fare, airfare. Right. <laughs> so you could spend it that, on a taxi. That's, yeah. That's a th- so, I mean, I get out. I withdraw just all this cash and I'm like, fine, here, take it. Um, and I'm just stuck. It's still 5 a.m. It's cold. There's nobody around because it's Saturday morning and no one's out and about. And I'm just like, I want to give up. Let me just go back to the hotel room because I just I feel like awful that I just spent all that money. And I don't know where I am. I don't know how I'm going to get back to the airport. And I was like, all right, whatever. Let me I brought my camera with me. I started taking pictures. It was still dark. And the night mode on my camera didn't work. It was just like the worst possible thing. And what's kind of saved me was there was a man, an old man who was jogging along the river there. And he comes up to me and starts speaking to me in Chinese. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't speak Chinese. And then he like puts his arm around me and like points. He's pointing and I'm thinking he's telling me to go away. I was like, geez, fine. But then I walk over and it's like, oh, he saw me with the camera. He told me to go this way because I get a better shot. <laughs> oh, I was like, funny. he was being friendly. Like, okay, maybe people here are friendly. They're not all con <laughs> artists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, let me let me see what I can do here. I mean, it was still early. I was just kind of walking around doing what I uh, told you I do. I just kind of get the vibe. And I really stuck out in China. So I would get a lot of looks. Uh, people just like looking at me. Uh, and which I was a little bit surprised by. It's a very like international city, right? It's a, like a financial center. But yeah, I mean, I was walking around. I enjoyed, like, ended up just loving, loving Shanghai. So when you asked me what my favorite place I had traveled to before was, it was a tie between Warsaw and Shanghai. And if I had stayed in Shanghai a bit longer, I probably would have answered Shanghai. But I was only there for ten hours, so I couldn't really give it. Like for me, that doesn't count yet. Right. And next yeah. time you go back, you're definitely taking the maglev train and no taxis. <laughs> if I have to wait two hours, I will. <laughs> Shanghai has a lot going on right now from uh, my sources. But uh, I got a lot of sources. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, one thing, you know, you talked about like getting that round trip ticket, you know, for such a good deal. Plane travel is so funny to me. Uh, Ashley was telling me about a, hey, we can go to, I, I believe it was Iceland or was it Norway? I don't remember. Uh, but it was one of the two. And she's like, yeah, we can go round trip from New York to, I think it was Iceland. And it was for less than $400 round trip for each of us. So 800 bucks we could go. And I was like, really? And so she looked at the flight path and it actually, so we'd have to drive four hours to New York and then we would fly to Detroit (laughs) and then we would fly um, to Iceland or no, it was out of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh or Philly. Oh, it was Huawei. It's probably Huawei, right? I don't remember which one it was. I think it was Huawei because if it flies out of Pittsburgh, it's Huawei. Okay. Well, yeah, and then which, we flew which backwards. Is, which is now a bankrupt airline. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, because the, they're, uh, they're so the reason why the fare was so cheap is because they will nickel and dime you for they're low cost carriers. They nickel and dime you for everything. Oh, gotcha. Well, that, the the funny thing was it was it was like I think it was out of Pittsburgh, and so we drive three hours to Pittsburgh, 
and then we would fly to Detroit, then fly to New York, and then go to Iceland. And I'm like, well, let's just – if we did it, would we just book it and then go to New York and get on in New York? Because it's, it's four hours to New York. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. So it's just hilarious, though. Well, we want to thank you so much for being willing to come back on to our podcast, even after you probably heard way too much from us on your podcast. And again, that's <laughs> The Lost Geographer. And um, do you want to tell us what your website is and your Instagram and how people can reach out to you and listen to your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www.thelostgeographer.org. I'm all over social media. We're on Instagram, The Lost Geographer, Twitter, T Lost Geographer, because Twitter doesn't allow us to have the entire thing yet. Unless yeah. we're a verified account. So we're working on that. <laughs> um, and you can like us on Facebook, The Lost Geographer. If you want to get in contact with me personally, my email is Rohith, so R-O-H-I-T-H, at thelostgeographer.org. I'd love to hear from you. Um, any ideas, any cool stories you want to share with me, I'd love to hear from you. Well, thank you so much again, Rohith, for coming on. And we've really enjoyed talking with you, especially learning all about candy. <laughs> you know, right. I, I definitely expect to hear uh, if there is a geographical... Uh, link between cinnamon bears both of us growing up in the west being there and you never hearing of them and error yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna have to look this up yeah yeah but well so, can't wait anyway to thanks thanks that. for having me I'm, I'm pleasure to be on i am gone tripping so i've been on the hunt for cinnamon bears since we've had this conversation with Rohith about cinnamon bears and whether or not they're available in all places. Yeah. And I can swear that I have seen them in Pennsylvania, but I have been to three different stores so far and have not found cinnamon bears. So I, I wonder if it's kind of like uh, maybe you saw them around the holidays, kind of like root beer extract when I went to the well, store to look for some. They're like, oh, it's only here on holidays. But we still never saw root beer extract. I, I mean, I ended know, up ordering I, it from I looked, Amazon. I know, exactly. So, so I so. think that what happens is like in Ohio, they didn't sell cinnamon bears, but in the holidays, they'd sell cinnamon bears in chocolate. And that's not what I'm looking for. But I think what happens is because we go to candy shops, like specialty candy shops, like Mr. Ed's Elephant Emporium, there's a few other ones, that that's where I'm seeing the cinnamon bears. It's Probably. not in the stores. Because they have everything. Everything well, in So Mr. I've been Ed's. meaning to head it back up there because we talked to Rohith about cinnamon bears. And then we had mentioned cinnamon bears to the Wienermobile hot doggers in our last episode. And they also neither had heard of them. And they were from Florida and from Ohio. Yeah. So between all three of those, this is something that I have to get. And then I'm mailing out care packages to our guests so that yeah. they can try the wonderfulness of cinnamon bears. Yeah. So for our listeners, let us know if you guys have cinnamon bears in your area or if there's a favorite candy that you have that you know you can't find anywhere else and where you're located. And be sure to give us a shout out on Instagram or Facebook at GonTrippinPodcast.com. Actually, real quick, too, for our Canadian listeners. So when I was probably a 16, 18 years old, my mom came home with a uh, candy that was called Clodhoppers and it was a Canadian candy and it was by Nestle and it was basically like uh, a crunch Nestle crunch candy bar but in like chunks and it was seriously one of the best candies chocolate I've ever had and I have not been able to find them anywhere I mean I've been all over the internet scouring so anybody in Canada that might know about them you know where to get them you can send them to me one time my sister went to Mexico on spring break Yeah, with some friends, 
and she bought all this Mexican candy because it tasted so good. And then she brought some home for us to try. And it didn't taste near as good. And she said it was because when she crossed the border, it went bad, which is not true, <laughs> by the way. It just, wasn't, <laughs> it just wasn't good candy to begin with. Uh, what funny. if Pot Hoppers is like that? Like you think it's really good and then they've crossed the border and it's not so good. I don't know. I th- It was pretty darn good stuff. It came in like a bag. I mean, I like Crunch Bars, but the way that it was just... Mm, it was good. Yeah. All right. Well, our listeners, let us know if you've even heard of that. <laughs> Don't forget to visit the website for show notes at gontrippinpodcast.com and tag us with your favorite travel and adventure pictures on Instagram using the hashtag gontrippin or at gontrippinpodcast. Subscribe on any of your favorite podcast listening apps and make every trip an adventure. Gontrippin, my wagoneer and I, gontrippin, reading the road signs, gontrippin, one playlist at a time, gontrippin, odometer's ticking, my mountain dew and a Red Bull sipping. I'm a road warrior on a mission, you won't find me just sitting home wishing. Cause I